the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening. Welcome. Welcome on back to the show. So good to have you here. 303-696-1971 is the phone number. 303-696-1971. I'm Randy Corporan. You're a pumped-up purveyor of principled, passionate patriotism. And you're listening to the show that never backs down. It's unafraid to tell the truth. Unafraid to show up anywhere, anytime to back up every word of every single thing I say. Funny, I just don't get a lot of invitations. But man, oh man, it's been a packed week of invitations. I'm going to tell you about some really extraordinary things that I got to be involved in. Throughout the week at 6 o'clock, we'll be joined by former, uh, well, not former, he's one of the great Benghazi war heroes from the 13 Hours of Benghazi, my good friend John Tig Tigan. New book is coming out called Benghazi, Know Thy Enemy, and John will join us to talk just a little bit about some of the unshared truths um, that he's been sitting on, I think he's had to, uh, for some time because of different government uh, rules imposed and things like that. So uh, we're going to learn it together. I don't know the details. should be fascinating. And um, in the meantime... I walked into the studio, and as you know, we have this app that allows you to text to the studio. I think you can go to the 710 Can US website and do it as well. Best thing is to always download the app, 710 KNUS. You can get it at the App Store absolutely free. And once that's on your smartphone, you can just push a button, type, type out your text, and it pops up right on this beautiful screen to my right. And I came in, and there was this terrific quote up there that came in at 10.03 this morning. And here's what it said, the man in the arena. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again. Because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions? Who spends himself in a worthy cause? Who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement? And who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know defeat Sorry, who neither know victory nor defeat. That was, of course, Theodore Roosevelt. And one of the topics of the show tonight, and maybe you can tell me who did this quote. I think it might have been Andrew Breitbart. If you know better, give us a call, 303-696-1971. And that is that politics is downstream from culture. And man, do I believe it, because, you know, in my, I don't know, 12 plus years now as an activist and getting more and more involved into the Tea Party on a local and national level, into the Republican Party on a local and national level, and just being a general rabble rouser, you know, willing to knock on doors and make phone calls and write checks and 
disagree with uh, the sort of standard positions that we hear so often. I really believe it. I have seen it proven to be true. And based on that, I love what I'm seeing. Last week, we broadcast live from the Reagan Roundup, Adams County GOP's Reagan Roundup out at the ranch. It was really a lot of fun. We had uh, several politicians, people running for office, local candidates, uh, chair of the Colorado State Republican Party, Christy Burton-Brown. My colleague on the RNC, Vera Ortegon, was there. Music and comedian. I mean, it was just terrific. And... um, it, it, we what we got into, and we just ran out of time because there was so much going on, but what we started to get into, and we're going to try, I'm going to try so hard to get all this audio in today, was we were listening to Bill Maher, the radical leftist comedian, but he's a smart guy, man, and, you know, he's listened to by millions on HBO, and he was talking about perception and being extremely critical of how the left wants to recast our history, our proud and sometimes troubled, but overall God-inspired, tremendously successful history of the evolution of this country, and how the radical left wants to rewrite it, recast it from the perspective of the way some people look at things right now, and he's having nothing of it. And he's doing that because he knows that what's going on on the radical left right now is what's spurring and inspiring this red wave that is going to sweep over this country in November. And I know, oh, no, all of the polls show everybody's falling away. Well, you know, here in Colorado, we did see that uh, Joe O'Day has lost a couple of points in the Real Clear Politics average uh, in his battle to take down Michael Bennett. We may get a chance later on in the show to talk about the fact that uh, my friend Ron Hanks, former U.S. Senate candidate, has pulled out of, I guess, just pulled out of the Republican Party because he's thrown his hat behind a libertarian candidate. Uh, If I get a chance, I'll give you my take on that. In fact, that libertarian candidate, I think it was yesterday, I heard the voicemail this morning, left a message for me wanting to come on the show. I may allow him to do that. We... I've always had an open-door policy, and I never can get a Democrat to come on. Uh, but if Republicans call me, uh, they get on the show, and, uh, and if a Libertarian calls, he can get on. And so would a Democrat if they dared. You know that they don't. I don't know if the Libertarian candidate will enjoy the interview. I mean, you know me. I'm always nice to folks. We'll, be, we'll have a polite conversation, be interested in what he has to say. But we're what? Less than a little more than four weeks away from election day, a couple weeks away from ballots being put out in the mail in a battle for the survival of our nation in elections that could come down to a point or two. And so for me, there is just no time to uh, pull away from the fact and the understanding that we, we have a chessboard, the pieces are on it, there are only two possible outcomes, and this time. Not saying every time, not saying in every case, but this time, this year, with virtually no exception, we've got to vote for the team that can stop total dominance of Democrats in our state and total dominance by Democrats across the nation. And setting aside Colorado, the enthusiasm 
the red wave. Forget about the naysayers who tell you that Herschel Walker is struggling or Dr. Oz is failing. Uh, even the candidate in Arizona who's being outspent, I mean, I think $50 million have been brought in by his Democrat opponent. Looks to me like he is going to do just fine. Don't sweat the polls. Pay attention. The trends are what matter. But don't sweat them. They typically oversample Democrats, undersample Republicans, and, and really tighten at the end. Remember that Donald Trump was, everybody but Trafalgar predicted that, that Donald Trump in 2016 would lose in a landslide to the criminal Hillary Clinton. So, man, there's just so many things to talk about. But I came away from the Reagan Roundup um, just inspired by the energy, all the people who are going to fight this thing to the end. And then I jumped into this week where um, I had a chance on Wednesday, and, uh, man, this was something special. And I grabbed my buddy Chuck Bonniewell. We drove up to Fort Collins together for a private event, an opportunity to meet someone whom I th who I think is an American hero. Um, and his name is Kyle Rittenhouse. He's the kid who took, a, you know, took some weapons to Wisconsin to stand up for the businesses of a family member, I think, or a friend wound up being attacked by the woke mob, skateboards being swung in his head, people trying to stop, stomp on his head, shooting back from his back. Someone died, someone lost use of most of their arm. He went through an extensive, lengthy, horrible trial, a trial where the prosecution tried to tell the jury, tried to tell you, if you got to watch any or most or all of that trial, tried to tell you, ignore what your eyes are telling you. This wasn't self-defense. This was premeditated. This was a kid who had no business being there. This was a kid who brought his own gun. La-di-da-di-da. -da, and he survived it. And man, oh man, the emotional time watching him testify. I didn't, I didn't miss a minute of that. I didn't get to watch the whole trial. But I certainly watched Kyle and his testimony. And I certainly watched when the jury verdict was read and Kyle Rittenhouse's reaction to it. And, you know, I've been in some dramatic trials and waited on jury verdicts or judges' decisions and had people cry or gasp or sometimes in joy, sometimes in, in horrible sadness. So I have a sense of the feeling, but nothing that would have compared to what that young man was going through. And so I was so honored to be invited up there by, uh, uh, by Taylor Rhodes and Rocky Mountain Gun Owners, Dudley Brown. Uh, it was really shocked when I got up there to learn that not one national gun rights organization, not the NRA, nobody else besides NGO, offered Kyle Rittenhouse money and support when he was in jail, support for his family since they couldn't stay in their home, they had to live on the run. Nobody. And now Kyle Rittenhouse is facing civil suits by the family of the, of the person who attacked him and died and by the, by the person who attacked him and got shot and lost, I think, for the most part, use of one of his arms. And so, you know, the, the stress and the, the uh, pressure and the combative lawfare that the left is so good at right now and is utilizing so well, by the way, Republicans and the RNC now have our hands untied from behind our back, and we're throwing back, we're pushing back, and it is awesome. But it was so great to go up there. And when that young man walked in, and I, I was up, I was talking with him, 
And, you know, he's not even as tall as I am. He is not a big kid. Just an average-sized kid, uh, kind of stocky, you know, decent build, nice as can be, humble as can be, polite as can be. And frankly, in just chatting back and forth and listening to his conversations with others, I'm not sure he gets the magnitude of what he did, what it means to the future of our country and to re-inspire and motivate people who are going to die before we give up our God-given, constitutionally protected right to protect ourselves, or just the impact socially and and, uh, just in general on all of us. And it was just an honor to be able to shake his hand and thank him and and let him know that, uh, you know, everybody I know on the Republican National Committee uh, who have, you know, some power. I mean, there's some serious votes that go on over there and some serious things that we do as a committee that everybody uh, thought that he was a hero. And I don't mean every person, but everybody that I know, that I have interacted with. And it was just, I don't know, I hope he felt better. They brought him in, and they took him up in a helicopter, and elsewhere they were shooting machine guns from a helicopter. I mean, the dude was having a blast. and uh, But he still got all this litigation going on, and I'm waiting. I hope to get a link or an email that allows me to share with you how we can help him in that ongoing battle. But it was really, really cool. I know we've got calls on the line, 303-696-1971. couple more things real quick. We'll take our break, and then we'll start with some phone calls. But Thursday, and I had mentioned this uh, last Saturday on the show, I was uh, really honored to invited to speak at the Rock Church in Castle Rock at an organization called We the Women. We put on an event there. The event was entitled Power of 500, included our own Deb Flora and um, state senator, no, state representative running for state senator, and Mark's a good friend. I don't know why I always screw that up. Mark Baisley was there. Um, I spoke just before Heidi Ganahl, who was the final speaker. And it was really a powerful night. And I was disappointed because I missed a lot of the program. Most of it, really, because I was unaware but had to participate in a Colorado GOP executive committee meeting. And we had a controversy to decide and some things, last-minute things to do before this election. But uh, nonetheless, I got the sense and the feel of it, and I was so inspired by the young woman, high school woman, who spoke before me, a representative of of TPUSA, Turning Point USA. And I I forgot to say this in my remarks. I I never script my remarks, and I should have mentioned the fact, but just seeing her, listening to her, uh, and hearing about the things that TPUSA and her high school groups uh, are doing and, and what she was trying to the kind of support she was trying to get and all that just gives me such incredible optimism, not only for the future of this election, not only for the future of the state, but for the future of this country. Many, I I know the corrupt, coordinated, Democrat-controlled media machine will try everything they can to discourage you. And that trickles down to some of the, you know, less potent, uh, more let's just say moderated folks who are supposed to be on our side, ignore them. It's happening. It's happening across the country. Slowly and surely, it will happen here in Colorado. And young people are going to be the fuel, and they are everywhere. And they're powerful, and they're unafraid. 
Very, very cool. A couple more things I want to tell you about, and we'll get to the phones when we come back as well. And also, I want you to hear some uh, this. We'll go through this Bill Maher audio. But I just heard this this morning, and Lewis was kind enough to cut it up and get it ready for us. We've got uh, um, Kanye West, who was interviewed by Tucker. I don't know if it was last night or day before. Very fresh interview. But uh, Kanye was wearing a T-shirt that said, White Lives Matter. And you can imagine the heads that exploded. And when you, in fact, let's just do one 30-second clip of Tucker Carlson and Kanye West. Unbelievable. So you said um, that your father said when he saw the shirt, White Lives Matter, it's great to see a black man stating the obvious. So by which I think you meant that's obviously true. Yeah, that my favorite response, because I kept on thinking, like, you know, people, they're looking for an explanation. And people say, well, as an artist, you don't have to give an explanation. But as a leader, you do. Yes, I think that's right. So the answer to why I wrote White Lives Matter on a shirt is because they do. It's the obvious thing. Politics is downstream from culture. And culture is heading back our way. Your phone calls and more when we return. I'm Randy Corcoran, 710-KNUS. Man, this music just takes me right back to 15 years old and all of the horribly self-destructive things I did. And I did have a lot of fun. All right, we're back. It's 528. Really good-looking night outside. 64 degrees in Aurora, 67 over in hell otherwise known as Denver, but what a good-looking week ahead. 73 tomorrow, 77 on Monday. Uh, I think we are taking grandbabies out to, for Halloween pumpkin hayrides and stuff tomorrow, so I'm really, really looking forward to that. Don't know how much Harley ride I'll get in, but uh, over the next couple of days, I know I'll get myself saturated. All right, we've got callers on the line. Let's see, wasn't there one thing I want? Oh, I did want to just finish my itinerary for the week really, really quickly. And we'll talk more about these things after we go to the calls. Um, Friday, last night, again, grabbed Chuck Bonniewell, and uh, we drove all the way down to Pueblo together. You can imagine the fun and the conversation. Chuck Bonniewell from Chuck and Julie Show, uh, former 710 host. They've got a tremendous podcast. I was on their podcast with Ron Hanks and expressed my pretty clear perspective on why, um, as much as I admire Ron Hanks, as much as I agree in significant part with the principles that uh, he lays out that, uh, that so many of us disagree with in our U.S. Senate candidate, um, I was very clear on the reasons why there's just really no alternative but to vote to stop Michael Bennett. And you won't do that with a libertarian. You won't do that with an American constitutionalist or anybody else. Mike Boyle and I don't agree on everything, but man, oh man, we strongly agreed on that. But anyway, Chuck and I were on the way down to uh, Pueblo. Fun drive. Great conversation. The Pueblo Lincoln Day dinner keynote speakers were Lauren Boebert and Matt Gates, And of course, uh, you know, I have history with Lauren, so we, we always have a good time when we get a chance to see each other. That was wonderful. She is always on fire and was again, but she was literally the warm-up act for Matt Gates, And I loved it uh, at the VIP event uh, when they, you know, a little more time to interact. 
uh, I was at the same table with Lauren and Matt, so we got to do some talking, but mostly you're listening to other people at that point. But at the VIP event, I went up and talked to him, and I reminded him of April in 2020, headlong into COVID. And there was a White House event that uh, he was going to and that I was invited to in my first term as Republican National Committee man. And we got off the airplane at Reagan National Airport, Reagan International, I think maybe it's called. And uh, I got off ahead of him. And I was looking around trying to figure out which way to go. And I turned around, and there's Matt Gates. You can't miss Matt Gates. He's tall. He always looks the same. He's got that, you know, swishback Elvis Presley hair that never moves. Big smile all the time, mischievous eyes. I mean, the dude is, um, he, makes a, he makes a mark. And so I went over and talked to him. We shook hands, took a selfie. And he remembered it because, and he started telling everybody in the room, he said, I, I remember that guy because, he was the only one walking off of that plane, the only one in that entire airport that was wearing his Make America Great Again bright red Trump hat. And so um, we had a lot of fun in talking about that. But his speech was tremendous. If we have some time, I'll talk a little bit more about what Lauren and Matt Gates had to say. Tremendous optimism. I mean, we know we're going to get the House. The question is by how much. And we know what the Freedom Caucus and the America First uh, elected officials in that House of Representatives are going to do as soon as they get subpoena power and committee power and all of the joys, pleasures, and privileges that go along with being the majority. And man, oh man, that it, set aside your personal thoughts about Joe Day or how much support you think he'll give for your agenda, the America First agenda, those majorities matter. And it could come down to one seat. And that seat could be Colorado. So why waste your vote? We'd have six years to take care of Joe O'Day. But if we miss it by one vote and Chuck Schumer is still in charge of the Senate and maybe with Kamala Harris being the tiebreaker, man, will you not be punching yourself brutally in the face every morning, afternoon, and evening? You're going to run out of money for makeup. I mean, come on. All right, well, let's, we promised some phone calls. Let's do some. Ron has been waiting first and the longest. Ron and Conifer, thank you for waiting. Welcome back to the show. I was hoping that you could explain to me how McConnell has the power to cut off funds to the Arizona Senate candidates. Is he Masters or Masterson? I forgot. Masterson, I think. Yeah, Blake is his first that. name, yeah. right? But no, you're right. Blake Masters isn't the one of the go yeah. governor candidates is Masters. You know me, Ron. If I don't write the names down, like I have to write my name down so I can say, <laughs> welcome I back, understand. I'm Randy Corcoran. Just, otherwise, I just forget. But, but let me just answer your question. And, and I've been asked this before, and I don't want to spend too much time on it. Um, he is in charge of a super PAC, and he gets to decide that, you know, he's the, he is the minority leader. So he influences and really chooses the outcome on how that National Republican Senatorial Committee money gets spent. And, you know, I don't, I'm not one to defend Mitch McConnell except to remind people that we wouldn't have killed Roe v. Wade and have a, a conservative majority on the U.S. Supreme Court without him. But um, the, the Blake Masters, the U.S. Senate candidate, has despises Mitch McConnell. He told him, I will not vote for him for leadership. That's good. I, yeah, I agree. But you can't then blame the man. Well, you can, because here's the thing. Uh, he doesn't, he doesn't want to lose his leadership position. He doesn't want 
uh, America first, Trump-supported candidates to be the ones that take over for, uh, you know, when if, in fact, the Republicans take the majority. So I get that. But if he were a statesman rather than a career politician, his bigger goal would be to grow that Senate majority as big as he can and let the chips fall where they may. It's just like the people who are who are bitching at Ron Hanks, and I'm not happy with Ron. If he'd have asked me, I'd have advised him against it for coming out and saying I'm not voting for the Republican. I think, and I texted Dick Wadhams earlier in the day to ask if this was a quote from him, and he didn't respond. And, I, and you know, he usually responds to me, so I don't think it's anything intentional. But I think he said during the primary that he would not vote in the general election for any of the election denier candidates. So now how do they come out and then, and, you know, yell at principled conservatives? And again, I disagree with this position, but those who say that I simply cannot vote for a pro-choice or, you know, other disagreeable candidate because they're just hypocrites. That's the bottom line. Doesn't the RNC have any authority to send money to masters? I mean, is it only controlled by McConnell? RNC has no authority to give Uh, cash directly to candidates. We can support the state parties by doing things like setting up the Hispanic Outreach Center and CD8, um, putting money into the state party to distribute as they see fit Mm. uh, for get-out-the-vote efforts. Um, There's all different buckets of money. But I don't believe that the RNC can legally just donate to a candidate. That is not allowed. And so basically he's just raising his own – I mean, it's up to him to raise all the money that the, he uh, spends. That's right. But, you know, he was supported by, I don't know, a, a billionaire, I believe, someone extremely rich in the primary. That's how he mm-hmm. pulled it out. And I guess Mitch McConnell – and, again, I don't respect this. Mitch McConnell should want as many Republicans elected – as he can, and then earn their vote as leader if he thinks he's entitled to it. Um, but he doesn't. But um, uh, I think these same, you know, moneyed folks just need to continue to step up. They knew what Mitch McConnell was going to do. Mitch McConnell doesn't want to lose his leadership position, whether the Republican Senate is in the minority or the majority. Do you think that there is enough? Uh, there would be enough Republicans who would stand up and get rid of McConnell as the leader. I doubt it. I don't think we're there yet. I don't think there are probably. But I'll tell you what, those numbers are growing. Uh, You know, remember when uh, in the wave, the Republican red wave, I always forget the years, but when John Boehner was replaced, uh, you know, it happens. And it could happen in the House. It just depends on how sweeping the increases are, because Kevin McCarthy, you know, replacing Nancy Pelosi as leader for another Californiaite, Kevin McCarthy, there are some folks who don't think that's a very good idea. So, uh, but all of those, all of that politics happens after November eighth, and we've got to win a bunch of these races to even have the conversation. Ron, I've got full lines, but I really appreciate your call. Have a good night, sir. All right, all right Jane in Denver is next. Jane, welcome. Hi, Randy. <clears throat> Have a question for you. As an attorney, being is how that the I think it's the Connect Cornecki Productions hacked. The Colorado governor's, uh, no, 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 it's um, the Colorado dot governor was hacked. The voting machines were hacked. And this, uh, the CEO of that company, I sent you a copy of the article, but Eugene Yu was arrested. And so on the top of the list, they have, as Adams County is using this information inside the Dominion machine. 
Now, none of our candidates will win if we if the election is rigged. So how can we find out uh, what will happen uh, with these machines if they do have this corrupted uh, software in them? Well, I, I want to I, I don't think I got I don't know if I saw your email, but I am aware of this story. The head of an election management company uh, that Eugene <laughs> yeah. U was arrested um, and and but what he was arrested for was because there was personal data of election workers being stored on servers in China. And it was actually the L.A.D.A. of all people uh, who announced those charges. So I don't know the connection to actually flipping the votes, but you do bring up an interesting point because I have been hearing conflicting, um, I don't know, suggestions, proposals, um, preferences over how we do our voting. And as a committee man, as a party officer, as somebody who's you know helps certain candidates or gets involved in different ways, you always hear that they want us to vote early, get our vote turned in early so that it, we can be checked off of their list. And as we get closer to the election, they can focus their resources because every day those, not, those lists are updated. They can check you off and they can move on to people that they expect to get ballots from but haven't turned them in yet. And then the flip side of that is because of the cheating, because of the algorithms, because of the way they, you know, if they see somebody gaining momentum, they stop the counting. And then all of a sudden, you know, 12 hours later, it comes back again with with massive flips. Um, We're told to wait until Election Day to turn in our election, our votes, because that's what happened in Arizona. Um, Carrie Lake was down by, I don't know, eight, ten points going into Election Day, they said. And as the count counting began and came in and then on Election Day, um, Patriots, America first supporters of Carrie of Carrie Lake flooded the election boxes with their votes on that very day. And it took them four days to count them. But by the time they were done, Carrie Lake had won every county in Arizona and had won by thousands and thousands of votes. So I'm still torn between getting it in early because I know it makes it easier for candidates and waiting until the day of election because of the potential of reducing the possibility of fraud. What do you think, Jane? Okay, Randy, I've got another question for you. Well, you got to answer well, my we... question before you get another one. Which is, what was your question? <laughs> Jane, were you listening <laughs> at all to all that, my entire diatribe? <laughs> is it better to vote early so the candidates can cross you off the list and continue to pursue likely supporters uh, who haven't turned in their ballots yet, or to wait until Election Day and flood the system so they don't have time to figure out what they need in order to corrupt the outcome. Well, we will hold our ballots till the end. But it may not matter with these Dominion voting machines. Jim worked as an election judge for years and years. And so you had the LNA accuracy and... Um, and what? Anyway, you don't have the logic and accuracy testing. Yeah, there yeah. you go. There you go. Yeah. So you go through that, everything comes out just fine, and then they switch it over to election mode, and that's where all the the uh, bad stuff happens when they put it in election mode. So with the Adams County clerk. Uh, he had admitted that he had unplugged 
the machines from the internet, well, they should never have been plugged in in the first place. But so if we can't have a fair election with these machines, how you know, I think we need an audit of the machine. Well, Jane, let me let me tell you this. We are what less than five weeks, barely over four weeks away from Election Day, a couple of weeks away from the ballots going out. We have a yep. ton of litigation ongoing. It's slow. It's around the country. It's against or or defending against voting machines. Both are happening. It's also fighting against changed laws, uh, standards and practices that were brought in during the CCP virus, all of those things. Those are conversations for us to have after this election. We'll have two years in the run-up to 2024 to continue to work on these issues. Right now, what people need to do is volunteer, be a poll watcher, uh, sit on those poll on those uh, ballot boxes and make like they did in Arizona. They had those things monitored 24 hours a day with volunteers to make sure people didn't come and feed you know 200 ballots at a time into one of those boxes. That's what well, we need to be. That's Canada, I'm gonna I'm gonna end you here because I've got full lines and I'm up against a break. But that is what people okay. need to do, and I hope you'll call again. Thank you so much, Jane. God bless. Have a great weekend. All right, Jim, Tim, everybody, sit tight. Late on the break, we'll be right back. Seven ten. KNUS. Is there anything but a white wedding? I don't know. Anyway, love the song. Thank you, Kelly. Bumper music killer. Keep it up. 548 Randy Corcoran, good to have you here. Top of the hour, Tig Tigan, one of the heroes of the 24 hours of Benghazi, will join us with some um, new Inside information, all of which will be presented in an upcoming book on Benghazi called Know Thy Enemy. Texter said, please ask John if how real the movie 13 Hours of Benghazi was compared to the actual experience. We will definitely do that. John and I have talked about that many times on the air. Very, very fascinating. Text messages pouring in. We'll get to the phones in a second. One line open, 303-696-1971. Randy, I don't have faith in O'Day. I believe he'll cave to the D's on too many things. Codify Roe, support the pork-filled versions of Burn Pit Bill, etc. Why should we vote for a new Liz Cheney type? Make the art Republicans give us a candidate that actually supports Republican ideas, not Democrat light. I have thought that. I've probably said it many, many times. But here's the answer. A couple of answers, really. Um, We don't We don't make the R's give us anything. The R's don't select the outcomes of these races. The R's don't select our primary candidates or fail to support them well enough to get them through the general election. The R's are simply the platform where everybody has an opportunity to get in. Now, obviously, establishment types, big money comes in, but that's just the nature of the game. There's nothing we can do about that, and not voting, cutting off our nose to spite our face, Leaving a vote uncast to try and stop the reelection of Michael Bennett is just fool's errand as far as I'm concerned and doesn't force the R's to do anything. I get the long term. Send a message. I've withdrawn from the Republican Party when they brought in Republican Governors Association money to take out my dear friend Tom Tancredo. And I did it on air. I did it. You know, it doesn't take very long. I talked through it on air on my morning show I used to do on another station. I get sending that message. Send that message again starting on November 9th. Because right now the chessboard is set. 
and there will be one of two outcomes at the end of the day. Don't waste your vote on an outcome that is not going to happen. I believe it, not because in times past and maybe times in the future, sending those messages, standing on principle, isn't the higher value. But right now, given where this country is, given what we're looking at with another two years of Democrat control, please, please, please don't do that. My response to that texter was majorities, majorities, majorities. Our, num- our growing number of America First elected officials will have more influence if we are in the majority. Before I go to the phones, I do have to remind you about my dear friends over there at Senegenics because studies show that risk factors for heart attacks, strokes, diabetes, dementia increase as our hormones and metabolism decline. It's clear that keeping our hormones at optimal levels is absolutely crucial for ideal health, and it helps us to reduce body fat, improve muscle tone, cognitive ability, sexual function, energy levels go up, all of it. I know it because I've lived it. Dr. Watt at Cenogenics can help you get your metabolism and hormones balanced and healthy with their elite health evaluation. It's a detailed look at all of your body functions and then a supervised plan to help you lose weight, gain that lean muscle mass we all crave, and increase your brain power. Call today to schedule your elite health evaluation. Receive a complimentary food allergy test that normally costs you 840 bucks. The phone number at Cenogenics, 720-387-3681. 720-387-3681. Easiest as always, denver.cenogenics.com. Denver.cenogenics.com. All right, let's see. Tim in Aurora has been waiting the longest. Tim, good evening. Hey, good evening, Randy. Uh, I voted for Hanks in the primary. I'm unaffiliated, but I voted in the Republican primary. And I'm very disappointed in the stance he's taken. Uh, he said he's going to vote for the Libertarian Party candidate. And uh, the Libertarian Party, I was in the Libertarian Party from 90 to 95. It is not a pro-life party. Uh, they don't believe in government prohibition on anything. They're for open borders. So Hanks makes no sense whatsoever by saying he's going to vote for the Libertarian candidate. That's not a principled stand. Uh, O'Day is an unknown quantity as an office holder. I disagree with him on his stance on abortion and on same-sex marriage, but he may be a pleasant surprise for conservatives in office. He may disappoint. We just don't know, but I'm going to give him a chance because he's better than the alternative. Yeah, and, you know, there's there's one thing that we always have to think about, and, you know, it would be stupid to put Joe on, um, on the spot and try and ask him this question. But it may very well be that he understands the state that he's running in. He understands that Colorado has the most radical abortion right out of the birth canal laws in the country worse than some third world countries around the world. He understands we have a lot of Californians and others, people who are not passionate or as adamant about these social issues as people like you and me, Tim. And so maybe there's some strategy there. I don't know if a Ron Hanks could ever get elected in Colorado, or at least not the way Colorado is situated right now. I just don't know. But but what I do know is it's way too late in the game to, be, to pick a different team, to just pull your vote and leave Michael Bennett with an unchallenged vote, because a libertarian vote isn't going to slow Michael Bennett down one bit. It's only going to make it less likely that Joe O'Day pulls off a surprise upset and contributes to Republican majorities in the U.S. Senate. Regardless of, what, regardless of what else he does. 
Tim, I've got full lines. Anything else? All right. Uh, just, I just want to reiterate, this is not a principled stand on Hank's part. If he thinks it is, he is completely ignorant about what the Libertarian Party stands for. I could see it if it was a Constitution Party candidate uh, that is sta- staunchly pro-life. That would at least be a principled stand. I, I would still think it was a wrong chess move, but uh, this makes no sense. Uh, you're equating it to a chess move is so right because we're past the primary arguments. We, we've got two years leading up to the next election to try and do a better job of preparing better candidates who will bring our values forward and be able to get elected. But now we're down to the last few moves on a chessboard with only one of two possible outcomes. And they don't include American constitutionalists. They don't include libertarians. Ron, or Tim, right on, and thank you. All right, God bless. Ah, man, I'd love to get back to the phones. Jack and Jim, I don't think we're going to have time before the top of the hour, and you need to know that uh, Tig Tigan, hero of 24 Hours in Benghazi, will be joining us at 6. We'll only keep him for, uh, you know, 10 or 15 minutes, so we've got plenty of time for more calls. And man, oh man, I had really wanted to share with you and get into this conversation about politics being downstream from culture. So I'm going to try and get all that done in the final hour of the show. And as usual, I forgot to mention Rappo Tea Party next Tuesday. Remember, second Tuesday of every month, 630 to 8:30 or 9 at the South Metro Fire Rescue Building. People have been emailing me, texting me, "Where's the f- event? I just haven't gotten to it yet, everybody. I'm sorry." But tomorrow morning, before I leave the house for church or racing or pumpkin patch rides with the grandkids, any of it, I will get that Eventbrite um, event up there. You can always just send messages to us, emails to us at Arapaho Tea Party at gmail.com. Arapaho Tea Party at gmail.com. We'll get everybody in, I promise. It's our last meeting before Election Day. So very, very important that we attend. And who else? But just one of my favorite women in the world. And let me tell you, I was with Lauren Boebert last night. I was with my wife last night. I've been with a lot of people that I truly love. Felissa sent in a picture of the great American Eric Manning's T-shirt. And here's what she says. Hi, Mr. Corcoran. Eric said Kanye West is a dollar short and a day late because Eric had the shirt first. And it's a picture of Eric's shirt. I've seen it before. White and brown lives matter, too. And here's what that's in response to. Let's go ahead and play this clip. So you said um, that your father said when he saw the shirt, White Lives Matter, it's great to see a black man stating the obvious. So by which I think you meant that's obviously true. Yeah, that my favorite response, because I kept on thinking like, you know, people, they're looking for an explanation. And people say, well, as an artist, you don't have to give an explanation. But as a leader, you do. Yes, I think that's right. So... The answer to why I wrote White Lives Matter on a shirt is because they do. It's the obvious thing. And we got it some more amazing audio from Kanye West in his interview with Tucker. That's it for the first hour. Stay with us. John Tig Tigan, a hero from Benghazi, joins us next right here. It's 710 KNUS. I'm Randy Corcoran. Don't go away. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.